named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. I'm Mark Wall. I'm joined by Sam Hunter and uh, we've done a century, Sam. Well done, mate. Yeah, thank you. Uh, hello, Mark, for the 100th time. Hello, uh, everybody listening. And to anybody who's, it's your first episode or if for whatever reason you are still here, uh, after 100 thanks for listening it's been very cool raise the bat yeah, absolutely absolutely and um so we're recording this this will be going out tomorrow so if tom mcgee is listening on tuesday night he's listening instead of watching the england game which would be criminal in my mind but you know maybe maybe he likes the world class agency podcast more than um, england football but um, we said we would review some of our favourite episodes today. So we both listened back to the first ever episode that that we recorded. I think it's probably fair to say I feel like we've come a long way. I feel like we have come a long way uh, since uh, sitting down talking to Matt Giggs um, the 17th of August 2019. I should say, though, so before we sort of kick off, and I'm actually, it has been quite... Um, maybe emotional is the right word to go back and listen to these episodes over the last couple of weeks to sort of see where we started, see where we've come from now. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to take a moment just to acknowledge you, Mark, because uh, this whole podcast, right? These hundred episodes was all your idea. It genuinely would not exist without you. I think picking up the telephone and being like, I've got a random idea for you because we'd spoken once <laughs> before we started doing this. And you said, do you, want to, do you want to record a podcast with me? Um, and for whatever reason, I said, yes, I thought it'd be a great idea. Um, and here we are 100 episodes later. And I, you know, I just wanted to say thanks for asking and, for, and, and, and thanks for keeping me accountable every Tuesday morning and I guess pushing both of us to give as much as we can week in, week out. You know, I think um, I've seen a massive growth from the both of us from interviewing really strong agents and suppliers week in, week out, exploring our own experience and expertise and our own shortcomings probably as well. So, uh, yeah, mate, I'm grateful for the last couple of years um, and I'm very proud yeah. of both of us for sticking at it. So thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And exactly the same on um, from from my side for, for you as well. Very grateful. And I think I was asked actually by Ian Macbeth the other day when I was chatting to him, he said, how did you and Sam know each other before you did the podcast? I was like, well, we didn't really. We just, we just started doing the, uh, the podcast and it just really clicked and it, and it rolled from there. But the other thing that I said that, and maybe a little bit selfishly, is I genuinely love doing these um, recordings and I think I probably take more out of recording this than any of our listeners or I would certainly challenge anybody because the guests that we have on completely make this show, as you said, fantastic agents and fantastic suppliers. And I think 
we're going to go through some of our favorite episodes, but I think every single episode we've taken something from and implemented it into the business. And the fact that that's done on a weekly basis, we've got to a hundred um, and, you know, we'll continue to go on and on. So um, thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to you for, for joining. Um, massive thank you to the guests because I take something out of every episode and then can implement it. And that's what it's about as well. The implementation, which I implement a lot of learnings that we take from, from these recordings. Well, I mean, we're going to talk about one of our favorite guests in, in Stephen Brown later on, but on that note of implementation, he did a fantastic uh, breakfast learning last week with Damien Hughes from the high performance podcast. And I had my whole team watching it and we sort of caught up in our morning meeting afterwards. We do Wednesday morning training like internally here. And I sort of said, what was one thing that we all sort of learned from that? And everyone went through and said their cliche or said their nice word or whatever it was. And I said, the key part about everything that we've just gone through is we've got to take action with it now. And you're exactly yeah. right. It is, it would be a waste of our time, be a waste of our guest time every week if the listeners didn't implement something from it. And I know you and I do. So I'm very, very glad uh, that hopefully there are a few people out there that do it as well. So that leads us nicely, right, to 17th of August, 2019, first ever episode of the World Class Agents podcast uh, with a good friend of the show, Matt Giggs, who, you know, didn't really know what he was getting himself into, I don't think. Um, <laughs> we didn't know, I don't think. Yeah, no, but... The clear thing for that, and if it is the first time that you're listening to this show, I would urge you to go back through the back catalogue and listen to a few of them, but maybe don't listen to the very first episode because we've come a long way with our intros. Uh, you don't read it from your notes anymore, which is good. There's a hell of a lot less silence of you and I talking Why either over it? each other or not at all. Why does it sound like I'm reading in slow motion when I uh, yeah. listen back to that episode? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I know I was sitting under an air conditioning vent and every time Matt took a breath with all the value that he was delivering on customer service and customer experience and leadership, all you could hear was the air conditioning whirring in the background. I'm surprised we made it to episode two, to be completely honest with you, <laughs> uh, let alone 100. <laughs> <laughs> I remember back then I was like I don't think we could put this out and you were like nah let's just stick it out no one's going to listen anyway exactly right <laughs> one well, of, one I, mean, of the, I was going to say one of the key parts that I took from that episode was and it's really interesting how this uh, line of thinking is still present today you know talking about um, commonalities throughout. I think one of the interesting things when we talk about what world-class agency looks like to us after 100 episodes at the end of this is the common themes that have presented themselves throughout this uh, last couple of years. And it was all, Matt talked about idea sharing, you know, talking mm -hmm. about and sharing your challenges as well as your wins, agents in this country picking each other up when they're down. I think that that was prevalent back then and is more so probably than has ever have been in the past because of what we've all been through over the last 18 months, 24 months. So it was a great way to start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, when I was listening um, back to it, it was just talking about, it was the language. I think that's, that was the, the title of the first one, you know, language, world-class language in a state agency, I think, or, or something around those. And he made a great point that it's not just the language we use externally with clients, but actually the language we use internally with our team and then actually internally with ourselves. You know, mm. the, the language we use when, when talking to ourselves in our in our heads. Um, and I think that was really important. But 
he did say that idea sharing with agents and hopefully that's something that within the last few years has you know gone on and on and um, improved even more i think you know a lot of the facebook groups that we're part of and what have you there is a real idea sharing um within agency and long may it continue because ultimately that's how we will you know all improve collectively and i think that's much more powerful for the industry and positive for the long term in my opinion Agreed, and long may it continue. So uh, from us to you, Matt, thank you for joining us on episode one, and we look forward to getting you back for round three, I think it will be. So yeah, yeah. Uh, next next episode on our list was actually episode four, um, and weirdly, there are a few that were in those early days that we're going to run through. We, I promise you we did listen to more <laughs> than just the first three or four, um, but I don't think we could have uh, talked about this podcast really starting to take off and it only took us a couple of weeks to get uh, what we deemed is a reasonable number of listeners but I think a lot of it was down to our guest that we had in episode four who was Peter Rowlings who's sort of the godfather I guess of, of UK agencies run Foxons he's run Martian Parsons he sits on loads of boards now and yeah. he happened to join us um, when we were talking about Brexit and what was going to happen and everything like that and um one of the things that we were talking about, or was it the election episode? It was one of the other. Uh, and it was um, one of the things that we spoke about through that episode was that what's reported on the BBC, and actually this is really topical for where we find ourselves day in, day out at the moment, is, yeah, is, what, what, is what is on the BBC matters far less in your marketplace than the BBC will have you believe than the news, perhaps, mm. not to allow it all the BBC will have you believe. You know, what's happening in your town, what's happening in your market is what actually matters most. So the key part that I took out of that episode is you've got to make sure that your conversations and your questions are about locals, you know, local mm. questions, local service, and you make sure that no matter what's going on outside, you know what's going on inside your market. Um, you know, and if you think about that was back in September, 2019, we're now June, nearly July, 2021, and it still rings true. Yeah, absolutely. And actually it was something Matt talked about in the first episode as well. So not something that we necessarily talk about a lot on this podcast, but Matt said in that first ever episode that he doesn't listen to the news um, mm. and hasn't for seven years. So that'll be nine years now. I'm sure he's not suddenly gone back into listening to the news. And I don't either. Um, but actually something that Matt said is the market is what you make of it and it's what you make of yourself first. And I think that that, that Peter talks about, there's loads of value in that and a phenomenal guest for just the fourth ever episode that we'd, we'd done because there's loads in there about fees and holding your fees and um, structure and um, the structure of, of your week, I think, if I remember rightly. But actually, you're completely right. What's on the news is you know irrelevant to your market. Actually, your thoughts and the actions that you take will impact your business much more than what the BBC is reporting because you're in direct control of your, your own future and your destiny, right? Exactly right. And that, that there is probably the point to harp on the most. You are far more in control of the rudder of your ship than anything else, you know? So yeah. don't pay attention to the outside, pay attention to the inside. That goes with yourself, that goes with your family, that goes with your local marketplace as well. If you do that you're going to be in a hell of a lot better position to just keep going than you will if you're going ups and downs based on what somebody's saying at 6 p.m. every single night. Um, yeah. I, I, one of the episodes actually that I was most impressed with 
um, was actually the very next episode after we, we spoke with Peter and it was, we sat down with Spencer Gilbert uh, from Gilbert and Rose. And actually it was only a few months back then after him and Perry had just opened their, their business. Um, <laughs> and it was, if you've ever heard Spencer talk, um, he can talk. And I mean that in a really uh, positive way, mate, if you are listening to this. Um, but if you just listen to everything that they did then do now, it's that hard work pays off and being consistent mm. pays off and making sure that everybody knows what you do and how you do it and that you can do it for them over and above everybody else makes a huge difference in launching a business um, and making sure you get that early traction and get it going. This was, I thought this was a really inspirational episode, um, actually, in that Spencer had started, well, he, he'd broken all those records with heart, first and foremost. And, but then he came on and talked about stuff that, you know, wasn't completely alien to me, but wasn't norm in the conversations that I was having about um, positive affirmations, journaling, and, um, you know, how important exercise is to his, his daily routine. And even to the extent, if I remember rightly, that even on Christmas Day, he was getting up and doing exactly that same and he went back to work in between and broke records with heart between Christmas and New Year so actually it's all of those things that we now talk about on a more regular basis not necessarily on the podcast but within within our office as well that can have a big impact your personal life and how that can have a big impact on your on your professional life so um, I just thought that was one of the most inspirational uh, inspirational episodes that we've done and it had a really big impact on me personally yeah I mean I think um, I, I don't know whether he actually quite understands the lasting impact because it was, I know it was only five episodes in, but that was the first time that we started to get actual feedback from listeners saying that was worth listening to. And people that weren't named Mark Worrell and Sam Hunter and Spencer Gilbert <laughs> were sharing it on the internet. Uh, yeah. And suddenly we thought, oh, this, this might be a cool thing to keep doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and he... I, I, I've, I've, got to, I've got to say this, this is completely off topic here um, with, with um, Spencer. And I, I haven't spoken to Spencer a lot since we, we did that, but I did see his football video um, where he did a transfer. Uh, yeah, last, it must have been last September. He did a transfer deadline um, day with all the new staff. Um, the video, I don't know if you saw it, absolutely brilliant. So uh, kudos, keep, keep up the good work, Spencer. And um, just moving forward, another um, relatively young man with a successful business we're going to talk about episode 22 adam horton um and he t spoke very very honestly about failing and how failing isn't forever and how actually you can learn from the mistakes that you make and improve and move forward so that was you know, a really honest episode i thought yeah it, it was it was actually neither of us had spoken to adam before that um and to sit down and sort of say you've got this incredible company in horton's talk us through it and for him to almost park where he was now and say, well, actually it hasn't always been that way. And I want to talk you through why Horton's is the way it is today. And it's actually because I've, I've learned what didn't work, um, mm. you know, and, and actually I've learned that also failure isn't forever and I wouldn't have the business. I wouldn't have the people. I wouldn't have the brand, the, the systems processes marketing that I have now, had I not gone through that failure in the past and had I not realized when was the right time to quit and to start again or to quit and actually take some time out to think about what do I really want in business and in life and then come back stronger than ever. And I, you know, it's one of the few times I think 
that we've interviewed anybody on this show that they've really gone into candor about uh, what went wrong. You know, and that's mm. probably on us as interviewers over time. We don't really ask that question all that often, you know, because we want to talk about success, however you define it. And we want to talk about what works. And we want to talk about the systems and the processes that help you grow. But there's probably as many lessons, if not more, in the mistakes that some of these world-class agents have made along the way. And so for Adam to take time out of his morning and to actually walk us through why failure isn't forever, you know, and how sometimes it does pay to learn what doesn't work as much as it does what does that make sense yeah um well i thought it was I really courageous yeah i completely agree it's a really good point actually because we learn more in well nelson mandela quote isn't it no such thing as failure and learning there's just just learning so it probably a little bit more eloquent than that but it's something along those lines and actually maybe you raise a good point maybe we should introduce a question every episode where we talk about you know learnings from failures and you know we make that a staple of the podcast because we can probably learn from other people's failures and, and move forward and share those learnings with the listeners i think that's probably you know, something we could start introducing yeah i think uh certainly is a way of helping everybody who's listening understand that you know every each and every one of our guests is probably only at the point they are in their career now because of the ways that they've stuffed up along the way and to actually hear that mm. will allow everybody to make, you know, they tap themselves on the shoulder and say, everyone has bad days. That's going to be okay. You know, um, on that note, learning is, has been a really key theme across uh, all 100 episodes. You know, we say at the end of every episode, we do this because we love it. And we want to see our industry get better. The way that we work to get better is by, learning everything and and actually by understanding what we could be doing better and so uh next episode that i think is was was both meant something to us um and was actually um at that point in time um one of the most shared episodes uh that we had ever done before was was episode 28 where we had stephen brown on for the first time and actually we couldn't have a like a clip show, you know, it's like one of those Simpsons summer specials where you got to see all the best bits from all the shows. We couldn't do that without contractually being obliged to mention Stephen's name three or four times. So hopefully uh, we won't get sued after this, but, you know, Stephen <laughs> came on the show and he talked about what being open-minded um, and what learning means. And actually going back to that point that you made right at the start of this about why we do this week in, week out and how learning actually means nothing without implementation um and actually i want to if you do go back and listen to that episode um the the opening sort of commentary from mark and i is actually about i don't know if you remember this but um you were saying like i went did a listening presentation on thursday we're recording this on tuesday morning and you were like i was nine out of ten sure i was going to get it and then he's just rung me up and told me he's gone with somebody else and we actually dissected the like why you took the inquiry, how you set the appointment up, what you said on the appointment, how you followed him up beforehand and all the little things that you might've done differently along the way, given that you were so confident that you were going to get it, you maybe let a few things go and how you then, the episode after that, I can't remember who we interviewed, but you spoke about getting the two that you went for that time because you tightened everything up. And that really yeah. segued nicely into the conversation we had with Stephen about making sure that whatever you take on board, you implement immediately because then it comes real and becomes part of your process. And it's not just something that you learnt on a podcast or at a conference or something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of um, which listening appointment that was, but I've, I've got no memory of that at all. But actually it was probably 
thinking about it, one of the first times we actually shared um, some of those trials and tribulations and learned from it and implemented it because we then went on a bit of a run after that of holding each other accountable. And again, maybe we should um, do that again because I think that there's, there's real value in that and real value for both of us as well. But um, you sort of pushed and probed me a little bit about, about that and actually challenged because I think you know part of growth is is being challenged by people that you that you trust we just actually happen to record this and put it out for everyone else to hear and that's why we do it right i think you know um we don't record this show i think to put ourselves on a pedestal or anything like that we do do it because we enjoy what we do this is something that we are not only building a career on but it's something that we're truly passionate about and so I was having this conversation with a guy this morning who him and his business partner um, have been state agents for the last decade plus. They were working at a corporate agency. They left that in the middle of lockdown last year to start their own agency. They've done reasonably well to their standards. They're ahead of where they want to go. But we had a conversation this morning about how being in a corporate environment, there was always someone to talk to. There was always something to do. And Mm -hmm. both of them are struggling now with the silence in their days the gaps in their days when they've they've carved out a niche of selling stuff that's over a million and a half but less than two and a half million in certain pockets of london because that's enough what they need to get the fees that they need to live the lives they want to live right Mm -hmm. but they don't have that constant mixer and i was saying to him it's exactly the same for me you know i love talking to people Genuinely, I like asking questions. It's why I like doing this podcast. You get a chance to ask somebody a question and you can just shut the fuck up and listen. And you'll probably come out of it being like, wow, I'm more enlightened than I was in the past if you talk to the right person or more importantly, if you ask the right questions. My mm-hmm. role now is more spreadsheets than I would like it to be, you know, um, more sort of forecasts. And I said to you before, I've had a really good day today because Giles and I locked ourselves in a room and focused on some cool project work and some actual product development, which we haven't had a chance to do in probably the last six or seven weeks. Uh, and that means yeah. what we've discussed today, I now get excited about because I get to go and talk to people about it and say, hey, Mark, what do you think of this? Is this a good idea? Tell me why. Why do you think that? And that's one of the best things about this industry. And this is sort of the stuff that Stephen talks about all the time. You know, The quality of the questions determine the quality of your business. Um, and so if you can ask better questions, you can talk to more people and you can have more engaging, deeper conversations, then, you know, the more tax you're probably going to end up paying, which is not a terrible thing. Yeah. Why? What a fantastic word that is. You know, I've got a three-year-old that asks it an awful lot, but that is just the way to start understanding. And if it's, you know, the three-year-old understanding why something works in the world or it's us actually understanding the client's motivations. It's, you know, three little letters when put together, very powerful um, questions. Just going to move forward um, and go back to your homeland as, as we're going to talk about episode four, 41. So this actually was right in the midst of lockdown. We spoke to Lisa Novak and talked about how lockdown had affected. Well, actually, no, I don't think we actually talked about lockdown at all, listening, listening back and thinking about it. But it was really interesting to, to talk about somebody who has had at that stage won a lot of awards and got a lot of kudos for what she was doing and that's just continued to go on and on in that she was a talker at Eric, she was on Stephen's um, 
morning learning I think it was um last week which was really you know fantastic to listen to on that she just talked about hard work she did definitely talk about hard work on um our episode 41 but what one of the things i really took took from it that some agents can get wound up about posting too much on social media she said she posts 15 times a day mm. and she said actually she believes that you are offering value and providing clients with value you can't overpost. i thought that was um probably a different way of thinking to most agents if you said to most agents you can post you know go and post 15 times a day the first thing would probably be oh my god what am i going to post about but actually if you're providing value at that sort of level you can see why she sells houses and houses from her from her social media you know i think it was her that I first heard say you know we're part estate agent part media company i think that's yeah. really important to take on board and implement into your agency well that that is what you are paid to do you know you're there to market and negotiate the home and it's very very difficult to hold the upper hand in a negotiation if you've not marketed very well so having that mentality of part media company makes a hell of a lot of sense um mm -hmm. one of the you said something really interesting there that i thought um i might actually uh relate back to i, I believe it was the podcast that we had with with chris kiriaku which was anything that you put out on the internet it's got to be uh, interesting, relevant, and fun. Maybe it was Ian Macbeth, actually, but Ian might have said it because he's a client of, of Chris's. But if you're posting 15 times a day and you're adding that value, it means that what you're doing is relevant, interesting, and fun, and people are going to be, mm -hmm. you know, watching it, engaging with it, whatever it may be, for the right reasons. Um, and actually, it is one of the points that I sort of picked up that we spoke about on that um, episode with Lisa was that it is a way of investing into relationships. Um in that everybody, and this is not just an estate agency thing, but everybody says they value relationships, right? But there are so many agents out there that only value them when they come to them. You know, very few people are willing to invest time in actually picking up telephone, learning about people without that guarantee of instant reward. And I think what Lisa has done mm -hmm. is she's realized that her niche and her expertise and a speciality in her personality actually suit investing in those relationships by talking to people at scale and by having you know almost one-to-one -one conversations with them over social media instead of just posting a picture or posting a pie chart or something like that she says hi guys it's lisa novak i'm here at one two three darling harbour this is the property for you i know you've been watching my videos if you've you know, been annoyed that you haven't made an effort straight away to contact me this is the one not to get annoyed about you need to contact me now 15 of those a day it's going to build up consistency they're going to know her they're going to like her they're going to trust her and that's how you can start to actually use social media with real impact to get some results very natural and very authentic isn't she the other thing that i took from that um episode with lisa was speed mm. you know, she said give people what they want and do it fast dealing with people these days most people have zero patience and zero time maybe that's changed a little bit um but i actually think the speed you know she used the uber example which you know people people expect things now not in an hour or tomorrow and i think that's you know something as agents we could we could really try and learn and implement more more often than yeah than, than not on on the topic of now um Next episode that we had written down was episode 62, where we interviewed John Horman from Gascoigne Horman. Like, uh, I, I again, um, John, if you're listening, not to blow smoke up your ass, but one of the, the 
like true gentlemen's I think that we've had a conversation with over the last couple of years um, and the, the massive takeaway from me um, off the back of that was it doesn't matter how long you've been doing this real estate's about communication and mm -hmm. actually your job as a world-class agent or somebody who is striving to get there is to actually prepare your clients for the worst but deliver them the best um, and, and John said it beautifully he said most of the time when people are talking about bad estate agency it just comes down to poor communication and mm -hmm. you've not told them that things potentially could go wrong if we don't follow the process. And then when they do go wrong, you're chasing your tail. And so what you need to be doing is saying, right, in my experience, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to do it, And this is when we need to do it. And if anything changes along the way, you're going to hear from me first. You should never have a reason that you should have to call me. I will always be the one to call you. You can rely on me. You can trust me, have your faith in me, etc. And actually, if you're doing that, chances are more goes right done wrong but it does take courage to have that conversation before you've got a uh, sole selling rights agreement signed and everything like that so i think from a value perspective it was one of our shorter episodes that we caught up with john because he only had a, a small amount of time before his day sort of kicked off but you know to hear somebody who's been doing it for so long and so well for so long just say that it all comes down to communication really resonated with me yeah and i love the fact that we've gone from lisa agent to three years I know she was in the, the back system but on sales on the front line for three years using really modern methods with social media to sell houses to John Holman who I think was 30 maybe 40 years in in the business um but actually still that message was you know very similar about okay very different topics and John actually also talked about having fantastic people around him from memory you know his management team he gave credit for getting them to where they were really really quickly but actually doesn't it just go to show that there's there's numerous different things that you can do but actually agency does come back to as you said communication um and the communication um probably more lisa novak than john holman and um, to be fair with the next episode which was the unholy war with Chris and Jerry, um, a very entertaining spectacle throughout, was it Q3, Q4 last year mm. that we then unpacked when it, when it came out? I think that was the first episode that we recorded this year, episode 75, uh, Chris Watkin, Jerry Lyons, and there was loads of takeaways in there, there for, for me. And it, it was a real opportunity to speak to two people who know an awful lot about content marketing and actually being able to unpack what they did with the unholy war, war and how they built that was you know a great example of content marketing and i think something that as agents we can all take something from yeah i mean uh i wasn't quite sure what to expect i and and i think what we got was was probably beyond both of our expectations you know talking about how if you're interested in your clients genuinely interested in them then you're going to know what is the right thing to say what is the right thing to do and those guys knew that humor was a massive way of getting people's attention and sometimes that's really all marketing is isn't it is getting people attention creating stuff that um is enjoyable not just to watch mm -hmm. but to produce as well um so yeah i think um the lessons from them and i think there were sort of 10 content commandments that came off the back of that as well so <laughs> Um, yeah. Jerry, Chris, if you're listening to this, share them around again because it's probably a really good time to, to refresh what you guys went through for everybody again because I know it was um, it was done like the motive was, was not just 
uh, a selfish one to get you to attention. It was actually to garner the process of how this actually works for people along the way, you know? Yeah, and that's, that's exactly what they said, you know, the first time we started talking to them about recording that particular episode was, you know, it wasn't an ego trip or anything like that. It was actually something to show people the power of content marketing. And if that didn't demonstrate the power of content marketing to a state agent, then I don't know what, what would, because I think you said if you've not seen or heard of this as an agent, you've probably been living under a rock or not going on any any form of, of social media. But I thought one of the things that I think it was Chris that said, it really sort of stood out for me is that, you know, produce content to enjoy the process of producing the content. Those two had, a, you know, a lot of fun doing it, no doubt. Um, but actually, he also said that you're not going to get anybody that actually rings you up and says, hey, mate, I'm watching your videos. I really like you. I'm going to be selling in two years. Keep up the good work. That simply isn't <laughs> isn't going to happen. Um, and content marketing is quite difficult to produce the ROI or d- difficult to measure the ROI maybe is, uh, is, is better. But he said, no, you, no, Joey said, no, you crowd. Don't expect to please everyone. Show some personality and actually enjoy the process as, you, as you're going through it. And I think that's a real good lesson to, to take as you are producing your content. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things on content as well that they sort of mentioned was uh, coming back to the piece. If we start right back at episode one with Matt again, was um, if you've got a chance just to use one word, uh, use it. So again, when you're thinking about your content, I think Jerry says something along the lines of um, in the newspaper, they don't write somebody has sadly passed away. They write somebody's dead, somebody's died, you know, uh, yeah. because it, it conveys the message that needs to get across in the shortest amount of time with, with the shortest amount of words. And actually there's something to be learned from that probably on this podcast or definitely from us on this podcast. Um, I have no idea what you mean, mate. Yeah. But in everything, in everything that we do uh, as well, because actually what people want, what your audience want is to get to the point, you know? Yeah. Um, and on that bombshell, uh, we can move on maybe to the next one. Um, and, and interestingly, you, you said something there about, um, putting content out for the right reasons, engaging with it. And actually, if you weren't, uh, aware of these two guys you'd probably be living under a rock and I think actually episode 79 with Sean Newman if you weren't aware or if you're not aware if, of who Sean Newman is and you're living and working in this industry then you probably are living under a rock and Sean came on and he was like it was eight o'clock in the morning we both had, had a coffee and he was a bundle of energy and he yeah, just uh, effectively didn't stop giving value for the next 45 minutes and I think actually it is still now episode 79 is our most listened to episode uh, or most downloaded episode ever. And really the, the crucial part out of that, and I would say to everybody who's listening to this, if you've not heard it, go back and listen to it because we're only going to touch on a few things briefly here. It is that notice when times are changing, you know, and the easy thing to say is that um, everything changes, you'll get left behind, dinosaurs, whatever. But, you know, Sean said, notice when things are changing, welcome that change and get excited by it because mm-hmm. we're living and we're working and we're listing and we're selling in a time right now where everything you need to build a million pound business is literally the touch of a button away. And if that doesn't get you out of bed and get you excited every morning, then this is not the right industry for you. Yeah. As you, as you said, a complete bundle of energy. And from memory, um, Sean continued to provide 
us with value for about another half an hour after we turned off the recording. And I wish that I'd have left it left it going because he is so passionate about this industry that we you know that we love and presumably all of our listeners love as well because they're they're listening and, and trying to improve within the industry. So yeah, very very passionate, very infectious that passion and and the energy. And we're going to talk about Jonathan Hanford um, just before before we wrap up. But actually, I wasn't on the Jonathan Hanford. Um, recording because I was on the family holiday, but I listened back, enjoyed enjoyed the experience as a, as a listener. And he talked about Sean's energy, didn't he? Actually, even someone who's really successful just said, "This is the most energetic, passionate guy that you you're going to meet from memory." Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe we'll do this in reverse and we'll come back to the uh, second last episode that we're going to talk about um, because I think actually going from Sean to Jonathan makes a hell of a lot of sense, and it does. Um, he's another guy who took 40 minutes out of his morning to share what was the better part of a 30 year career about what's made him successful mm. over time, literally the best agent in that group across the entire world. And he's sitting there talking to us about communication. Yeah. And how everything come back, comes back to how well you communicate to the types of questions that you ask the right people. And actually what has made him so successful was that very early on he decided which were the instructions he actually wanted to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, I'm not going to compete for everything. I'm going to compete for the ones that tick four out of my five boxes, but they must tick one, which is vendor paid advertising. You know, and he said, if my clients, my sellers are going to expect all of this from me, then I need to set some expectations of them as well. And actually it's just t- that I, he genuinely talks about that was what took his business to the next level. And that was what allowed him to grow, you know, his his non-negotiable is a vendor investment in the marketing of their home. Now he sells some fairly special homes as well, but it's his one non-negotiable. So if he's selling something at 1 million, 2 million, 650,000 pounds, it doesn't matter. There is an investment in the marketing from that because that allows him never to drop his standards. And if he's mm-hmm. never dropping his standards, then he's never dropping his ideal client. And if he's never dropping his ideal client, it means he's never dropping his fees. And I think that that's really the most important sort of thing to take out of that. How, how well you communicate, how well you market determines how well you do in this business long-term. And I don't know, did I, did I tell you that? After listening to that, I refused an instruction. I can't remember if we talked about we that. But yeah, um, but yeah um, quite, if you've not done that as an agent, quite liberating, I think. It's not something that we've made a made a habit out of, but actually it's a, it's a perfect, um, time to, to reflect on that there's not much stock out there but actually sometimes um not all business is good business and actually moving on from from jonathan it was episode 96 and going back to episode 83 which is the final one that we wanted to talk about in detail which was charlotte jeffrey campbell from the able agent one of the things that she said was that there is better business out there and i think the combination of jonathan asking those questions and setting expectations of client and then Charlotte talking about that as well should give people the um, inspiration to you know find the better business I'm not saying turn around, don't turn away good business obviously no one's going to do that but actually you've got to value yourself before you know you um you start becoming a success in this industry I reckon absolutely I mean the the two standouts from Charlotte's episode to me were the point that you just made that there's better business out there and actually the point of training is to learn to look for it so yeah. you're actually learning what the better clients look like to you because you're asking better questions and you understand the answers that you want to hear back. And then the other thing, um, which again, I think ties in with so much 
of what we've run through, not just today, but over the last hundred episodes is that your database, the people that you already know, the email addresses you already have, the phone numbers that you already have in your CRM, in your mobile phone, in your Rolodex, in your hotbox, if you're still going through a hotbox, that is the insurance policy against whatever the market decides to do tomorrow. You know, good quality data, real relationships, excellent training. Those three things together and you're going to have a very, very, very close to being world-class business. You know, and I think Charlotte hit that nail on the head over and over and over again the time that she spent with us on both the episodes that she's been on. Yeah, absolutely. And it actually takes us right back to the first uh, episode with Matt, doesn't it? And he talked about building relationships. Um, and when he talked about not watching the news, it wasn't to be ignorant to what's going on in the world. It was actually because you can control what goes on in your world. And if you've got good quality data, then your world is always going to look better than if you've not. 100%. I think um, before we sort of wrap up, I, I want to ask you uh, what world-class agency looks like to you. So I'm going to give you 15 seconds to think about that uh, before we ah, get there. I'm glad you give me that. I just want to make a few special mentions. So uh, we, I, I did, or both of us went and, and spent a fair amount of time going through uh, the last 100 episodes to try and pick out from those 100 just you know, a handful that we could discuss on this is a bit of a celebratory episode. And, and I just want to say a big thank you to the rest of our guests and some special mentions to Sally Lawson, who said that skills are transferable, um, but you need to be, your focus needs to be exclusive on either sales or learnings, no matter what you're doing. Andrew Sanderson, a great agent, said empathy first. It, it took him a while, but his business has gone through the roof since he's realized that it's all about the customer's perspective, not your own. Heather Staff, Anybody can send a letter. It's the content you put in that letter is king, which leads us on to Jerry Lyons talking about ethical and conscious business. Do good for good sake, not for Facebook's sake. James White, wonderful agent up in the north, personal service above anything else. John Paul, I don't think we could have had a 100th episode without mentioning JP. Without systems no. and processes, you've got a job, not a business. Uh, and then Benji, he's just come on to try and reclaim the title from Sean of the most downloaded episode build a brand, which is something that is worth talking about and learn what negotiating really looks like across these two episodes. Great questions that evoke emotion, empathetic explanations about why potentially that low offer may not be accepted and encouraging, you know, patience and cadence through those negotiations as well. So to those people, to the 10 that we went through in more depth and to everyone else who's joined us, thank you so much. It's been a pretty wild ride over the first hundred. Here's to a hundred more. And before we go, Mark, can I ask you, what does world-class estate agency look like to you after 100 episodes? It's funny, isn't it? Um, Stephen asked me that question once. I didn't know how to answer it then, and I'm not too sure how to answer it now, which is a bit pathetic after we've done 100 episodes of this. But I think, for me, the two words, and the first word is consistency. We've not actually talked about it a great deal today, but normally we talk about it. It comes up time and time again. Um, and I think world-class agency... Um, to me, we'll talk about consistency and communication. So c consistently communicating better than anybody else in your industry and, and better than your clients expect. Um, and I think if you are consistently over communicating with your clients, then you'll go a long way to delivering a world-class experience and a world-class agency. There you have it. And um, 
Um, I think you might have an answer for world-class agency that might be a little bit more prepared than mine. Well, I cheated. Um, and, I, I, and, and again, it's, it's very, very, very similar to yours. You know, world-class agency to me looks like high-quality marketing, high-quality communication, and high-quality emotional intelligence. And all of that is delivered consistently. So, yeah, yeah I think that those, those four things are what have been there time and time again, week in, week out over the last couple of years and the last hundred episodes. So, and I, I don't expect anything to change. It will just be the nuances and the specifics that change, but those principles will remain the same. Success leaves clues, so they say. Indeed. Um, well, I'm happy to thank you um, to everyone for listening um, today and for joining us. Um, if this is your first episode, welcome to episode 100. Um, and hopefully for most of you, you've, you've listened to most of them already. There's a few fantastic ones that we've discussed today um, to go back and listen to. There's going to be many more fantastic episodes to come. So massive thank you to everyone who we've mentioned today. A massive thank you to you for listening. And Sam, a massive thank you for, for joining me on this journey. As you know, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it improve and get better. So please share these episodes with colleagues, competitors, Anybody that will take a listen, if your mum doesn't know anything about estate agents, get to listen to this podcast. Not that we um, are a slave to our listener numbers or anything like that. More importantly, maybe drop us a re review. Um, we really enjoy doing this. We hope you do too. I'm Mark Oral. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much. We will see you again next week for 101.